Hey, you guys, welcome back to Black Hair Care No Chaser. This is Kanisha, and I'm here with Miss Tiara Mays. She is the creator and writer of the popular Twin Chronicles. So I'll give her a chance to go ahead and introduce herself. Hi, everybody. Like Kanisha said, my name is Tiara Mays. Um, for the last few years, I've been blogging about my twins, and it's a hashtag that I just created on Facebook called the Twin Chronicles. Um, and basically what the Twin Chronicles is, it's just my life as a single mother with two beautiful kids who happen to be twins. Um, recently, I've taken some experiences from being a parent and I've decided to just write about it. So in the last year, I've been published in Autism Parenting Magazine as I discussed some of uh, my trials and my story about my son that was diagnosed with autism when he was two. And then this week, Actually, on Amazon, I published my first children's book, which is dedicated to my children. It's called The Adventures of Prince and Tiana. Woo-hoo! <laughs> like our magic in the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, this, this first book of the series is about the twins, and it's written in the perspective of my daughter, Tiana. And it's just how Tiana sees the world with her brother. It's just talking about two kids that love to play with each other, despite the fact that her brother is nonverbal. Um, what she's emphasizing in the book is that he does things that any other normal kid would do. And so what we want to do right now is just spread awareness to siblings, parents, and for parents to have those conversations with their kids about how to interact with children with different abilities. That's so awesome. I'm sitting here holding the book, guys, and it's super cute. It's very colorful. It's got great little graphics in it. I haven't read all the way through it, but it's really cute. I think all little kids would um, enjoy reading it. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited. Um, it is on Amazon currently, but I haven't officially like launched how we're going to announce all that. So just trying to get some things in order before I actually let the world know and see it. So it's great to be so here. You guys as listeners kind of get a little preview until she um, she really wants to make like a big grand you know opening statement. I think I said that right. Well, she wants to celebrate this, and by all means, she should. So you guys kind of get a little heads up that the book is coming out. So I'll um, put in the comments uh, how to look for her or how to keep up with her. So then when she releases it officially, officially releases it, then you'll be aware. Alrighty. So I invited you here today just to kind of give us more of a um, view into your world. Um, of course, the podcast is Black Hair Care No Chaser, so we'll talk a little bit about hair care, but I really wanted to go over kind of the intersection of raising um, a child with special needs um, and being of color, and then also talk about how appearance plays a part into it, how you feel like um, maybe people around you, like your loved ones or resources that you have reached out to, either do or do not understand how appearance can play a part. And I mean, honestly, you can share anything else with us that you would love to share. So um, we met last night, actually. <laughs> so Perfect. here in Des Moines, um, there's a couple of groups that get together, but one, uh, does she have an official name for it? I don't think we have an official name for it. It's just Black women from Des Moines getting together, loving on each other. So yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Keisha Ward for getting us all together here recently. And um, it's been a blessing. Met so many wonderful women last night. Yeah. Last night was definitely a great vibe. We um, got together at a local bar and restaurant. And it was a good 25 of us in the house. Yes, it was a lot of us. It was. Yeah, it's kind of gone like rapid. Like 
just in the last couple of weeks, it's got 60 members. I think it started out with like 10. And oh, then, wow. You know, Keisha, she's great at networking and everything. So now when I look this morning, it's at 60. Wow, that's yeah. dope. I know I added a couple people, but it's just such a great group. Like, this is my second time getting together. And I'm really sad because I'm moving and I just found this great group. Um, but the first time we got together, first time I got together with you all, it was a really good vibe. Um, and last night it just solidified it. Cause I mean, we were in a more intimate space and we had the party room, just us. And so you can really feel our vibe more than like the first time we got together where it was a bigger open space and there were some other people mixed in. It was still positive then, but this was really nice. And just hearing so many women go around the table and talk about like their family and their accomplishments. It was really inspiring. Yeah, it really was. I liked the aspect that this time we actually introduced ourselves Yeah, yeah. and man, Okay, you guys, when I say that this table was just filled with black excellence. Wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> I was sitting there like so impressed. And I've lived in Des Moines for 20 years. I moved here when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, we're out here <laughs> killing it. So it We had like, women at the table that had, I mean, so many degrees in so many fields. We had women that were from the islands. Like, we had a true mix of like the diversity of what black women is supposed to be. Um, it wasn't just like African-American women. I mean, we had women from the full diaspora. Yeah. And when, then when they started talking about their actual success and achievements and like how they're living their life, like it, it was some dope shit. It, it really was. <laughs> I was. I I was happy to be in that space and it, it was just really, really magical. It was magical. And, the media always has a. There was no twerking. In there the was hall. none. You know, there was one. None. There was no twerking. We were having. We were cute. We were very cute. We had a photo shoot prior to that. Some of us were at in the photo shoot, but all of us looked great at dinner. Yeah. And yeah, it was. This is the stuff they don't show on media at all. Yeah. There really should have been like some kind of press or something because I mean, we didn't look like what the media usually shows us, like twerking in our booty shorts and. You know, and yes, sometimes those things are fun. I'm not going to front, like, I've never participated in those things. But that is not our full extent of life. Like, we are balanced. And last night was a great example of how balanced we were. And, like, how we can get together and just have normal, everyday, human-loving conversations. And you don't see that in the media a lot. Not at all. And I think being in the Midwest and being in Des Moines, um, those safe spaces and those times that we get together is definitely needed. I, I know I needed it and it couldn't have come like last night couldn't have come at a better time, especially as I'm transitioning. I needed that before I go on to the next step. Just hearing you all talk just a little yeah. bit about yourself was like, okay, we got, I got this, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, definitely great. Definitely great. Um, it's even, so I think I mentioned this last night, even though I've lived here for most of my life Mm. I feel very disconnected to Des Moines because I don't have any family here Mm -hmm. only my mother lives here Mm -hmm. um so my family is originally from Detroit Mm -hmm. and so you know it's very different vibe than you know people that are native and born here because of all their cousins and so yeah I just I've lived here 20 years and I just learned about Iowa days 
And I was like, what is that? Somebody was talking about it. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, where people that are from Iowa come back and celebrate. I'm like, that's a thing. <laughs> Girl, they have Iowa days outside of Iowa. Like, it, I saw that they had Iowa days in Atlanta last year. I'm like, what in the hell? Yes. I didn't even know about Iowa when I lived in Atlanta. Y'all having Iowa days in Atlanta? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, so, uh, yesterday was magical. And I just appreciate being around women that I can share my story with. And I thank you for inviting me here. Um. I know you asked earlier for me to talk a little bit about, you know, what led to the Twin Chronicles. So yeah. first, what led to the Twin Chronicles, as I said, my family doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. So it really just started giving updates to my grandmother on Facebook about her great grandkids. Yeah, my uncle um, would show her all the videos and pictures that I would post on there. That's so sweet. And so it just became like this thing. Okay, grandma, here is, you know, information mm-hmm. about your great grandbabies. Um. What most of the world didn't see is I was tweet, you know, writing this stuff, putting it on Facebook, um, is that I really lived in an environment where I didn't want to go out anywhere. Wow. Okay. And um, and that stemmed from my son's diagnosis. So he was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. I noticed that he was delayed from his sister at around eighteen months. Wow. And so from the time that I noticed, I remember the exact day that I um, I realized that he may be a little bit different than his sister mm-hmm. to about probably three after he shortly after he was diagnosed. I didn't want anything to do with it. Really? I, I didn't. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I probably made some really bad choices during that time. Wow. Um, because I was like, okay, I'm already a single parent. Mm-hmm. God, come on now. Mm-hmm. We can't, it, we can't, can't happen. Nothing Keep else trying. can, right. Nothing else can happen on this plate. Like it's full. Um, so at that time I didn't realize that at three, that was the easy part wow. at that age. He still, you know, to look at him, you would not notice that he mm-hmm. was, um, uh, that he had different abilities. Mm-hmm. He was still, you know, playing. He was a playful kid. Most people mm-hmm. wouldn't recognize that. He just probably just thought he didn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. So during that time, I really wouldn't take us anywhere um, because he would, you know, he liked to run off. Um, and then I have his sister. So it's not as though I had two kids with different ages. Mm-hmm. They're the same age. They need the same level of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would just stay at home. I dreaded the weekends because that meant that he that I had to like raise my kids. They couldn't go to daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, they, mm-hmm. they couldn't go anywhere else. Um, so we would just stay home. Um, shortly after he was diagnosed, I started making an effort to go to church mm-hmm. and I became, I made that, I started making that a habit. Mm-hmm. And it was within my church family, shout out to Cornerstone, um, mm-hmm. that they started letting me they they let me know that it was okay to bring him to church. Okay. Because I was terrified. Really? You know, where is he going? He's going to run off. Nobody knows how to watch him. They went well out of their way to make sure that I felt comfortable with him being there and that he felt comfortable being there. Wow. They designed rooms for him. They created a support group for parents with children with disabilities. And so that's kind of how we got the ball rolling wow. and started to shed light on you know, a situation that I I originally was like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want anything to do with it. And most people don't recognize that piece of it. Okay. Um, they don't recognize, they see now the strength that I've built up 
And I appreciate that, mm-hmm. but I want I want your listeners to know that I came from a dark space with right. this. Okay. Um, and so that's why I write. I write so I don't have to talk about it. Okay, <laughs> I can see. Yeah. Um, so in that space, um, I just kept writing about the Twin Chronicles, and I have a large following on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know why. Mm-hmm. I've got so many people on Facebook. Um, and so people started asking about the, you know, if I didn't post one once a week, like, T.R., you haven't updated us on the twins yet. Like, they became that dedicated. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom would start coming. She's like, T.R., why are people asking me about the Twin Chronicles? What is that? I was like, it's just a hashtag on Facebook. <laughs> it's like nothing special mm-hmm. at all. And um, so it, it's been great sharing our story with people. Um, we, we had to make some tough decisions in this time. So... Iowa is probably one of the worst states for children with disabilities. Mm-hmm. There's not too many resources for like childcare mm-hmm. and things along those lines. So once he got to school, remember I said the age three, the time that I was in the darkest period, those yeah, were the nine. easy days. Wow. Okay. And I wish that they had stayed that way. And I appreciated them at that time. Once he got to school age, I'm excited to get rid of daycare bills. Mm-hmm. They're saying he can't go to before and after school care. He can go to school by law. By law, you know, he can go to school from 8.30 until 3.30 because Mm -hmm. that's what the federal government says, you know, every child that reaches the age five has to do. Uh Um, And so things became difficult at that point I had to start working part-time um and with that and working part-time you know that means I'm not making my full salary right um on top of working part-time I was taking him to all of his therapies so he had two types of therapies that he went to every day so I would drop him off at therapy go to work for two hours pick him back up for therapy drop him off at his second space, go back to work for the rest of the day, then go pick him up for the day. Wow, that was an intense schedule. Very intense. Five days a week, there's no type of transportation services around for um, for, for parents. Um, so it, it, it got difficult um, to the extent that we were basically bankrupt. Once I, I went back to school and I, I got an MBA, and mm-hmm. most people, again, all the congratulations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I went back to school to get student loans. So you could survive. survive. Yes. Man, a lot of people don't acknowledge or don't <laughs> admit to that, but yeah. like that's a legit thing. Yes. Yes. It, I put myself a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Wow. To make sure that my kids could eat. Wow. Because I could not work a full time schedule. Mm-hmm. I can't work on weekends. I can't, you know, yeah. my attention has to be on him. Yeah. Um, so that that in itself. So once I graduated, again, everybody's doing the whole congratulations, TR. And of course, I was excited. I was happy about it. But then I also knew that those stipend checks were going to stop. Mm-hmm. And so it came it became a very real reality that if those the loans stop coming and I can only work part time, that we're going to be broke. Wow completely broke um and so with that 
I sat down, I talked with my family, we worked that out, and um, I made the decision to have him placed in a facility for children with autism so that he would have access to all of his therapies without worrying about my schedule. Yes. So that his sister can kind of have um, the life that she deserves. She's made a lot of sacrifices um, Mm -hmm. and she's had to mature much more than any seven-year-old should. And she's a great girl. She's always pretty understanding. Um, And then to also get myself in a situation to to get him back home. So Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is not for him to be there forever. Mm -hmm. I get to see him whenever I want. He's only 15 minutes away from where we live. He they take him to school, all his doctor's appointments. I'm his legal guardian. You know, a lot of people don't understand the whole dynamic. They think I put him away in foster care or something. That's not what that is. Right, it's just right. so he can get his services. Um, and so far, the plan's working pretty good. Mm-hmm. Once I was able to buckle down and get a more consistent schedule, after I graduated, about six or seven months after I graduated, I got a different job that doubled my income nice yes yeah and and it got to a point you know as black as women in general but i would say especially for black women i don't know how much we negotiate or how much we talk to our supervisors and say pay me what we what i deserve right i went through a few struggles with my current uh with my position at first like i'm doing this work you're only giving me this pay Mm -hmm. after two times of asking for a promotion and you don't give it to me Mm -hmm time ago I started looking elsewhere and that takes strength and bravery in itself like a lot of people one we're not we're not um we are not taught to advocate for ourselves especially when it comes to our salary and then two we get stuck in this um pattern you know where we just accept that money Mm because at least that's coming in and you're not like rocking the boat too much so just so far in this story like you're a superhero yeah, and just like you said, you know, because I had such a um, a flexible schedule, I'm like, okay, I can't really ask them for anything because they've already made so many concessions mm-hmm. because I get to take prints here and I only hear part-time and all these things. And then I really had a rude awakening. And it was just like God spoke to me mm-hmm. and said, Tiara, they have to do that by law. By law, they have to let you go take your child to his appointments mm-hmm. they, they didn't do me any favors okay you know right they, they didn't do me not one favor okay um and, but in my head i'm like i can't rock the boat right just be grateful just be grateful exactly. Exactly. What you get. um so we really have to start making sure that we're championing for ourselves and for our babies yeah. and once you start getting that strength and you do it one time you do it another time now it's it's becoming a habit yeah. so that's the habit that I've formed to not only make sure that I'm championing for myself, but I'm always championing for my kids as mm-hmm. well. I have to be their advocate, especially for my son. So yeah, that's just the gist of uh, what we're going through. And now, you know, based off of my experience, I want to be a resource to other women. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really what uh, brought the book about. Um, I want to make sure that other people can win yeah. just like I, I at this point we're winning yeah we're winning this game you right. know it may not to other people it may not seem that way but we're definitely winning we're ahead and yeah. we're gonna stay ahead